reaching Israel and the world and the world. Greetings in Messiah. Welcome and shalom to you today, my friends, to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We're beginning a new series today that I'm calling To Know Him by Name. And Cynthia, my love, this is really important because when we discover God's names in the Hebrew Bible, it helps us to know who He wants to be to us. Names in the Hebrew Bible had prophetic meaning. And I'm thinking about your life, Cynthia, and the prophetic meaning in your name. Yeah, yeah. When I was a child, people would call me Cindy, but my birth name was Cynthia. And as I got older and I had a, a new walk in the Lord as I became born again and the Holy Spirit started speaking to me, He said, I want you to be called Cynthia, your birth name, because it had a fuller meaning and it has the sound of Yah at the end of it, as in Yahweh, the Spirit of God, the name of God, Yahweh. And so I changed and people are calling me Cynthia now and they are receiving something from the Spirit of God because they're receiving something from Cynthia. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. We even see in the Old Testament, the, the prophets, the Jeremiah, you know, there's something very special about the name of Yahweh. Well, I know that I've received a lot through your life, Cynthia Marjorie, my love, and your name, Cynthia, means light. You're a bearer Amen. of God's light. Amen. Amen. Yeshua said, no man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, He has revealed Him. We can't see God right now. We can't see Him with our physical eyes. So how do we know Him? We know Him through the Holy Spirit. We know Him by experience. But beloved, we also know Him through the revelation He has given us in His names and titles. I'm beginning a brand new series today that I'm calling To Know Him by Name, the Hebrew Names and Titles of God. Yeshua said in the book of Matthew chapter 13 that every scribe that comes to be a disciple of His would be like the owner of a mansion that's able to bring forth out of that mansion things old and new. A scribe was somebody that knew the Hebrew Bible. And so Yeshua says, when someone knows the Hebrew Bible and then becomes a disciple of mine, he's going to be able to bring forth treasures, both old treasures and new treasures. Jesus said, salvation is from the Jews. And so we have so much treasure in the Hebrew Scriptures, those Scriptures that Jesus used, that the Apostles used. There's so much treasure in there, but sometimes Christians spend almost no time in the Tanakh or Hebrew Bible and only read the New Testament. But when we take that approach of only mining the riches of the New Testament without mining the treasures in the Tanakh or Old Testament, we're overlooking and missing so much. And a prime example of this is when we study the Hebrew names of God in the Tanakh. Because in the Hebrew names of God, we come to discover who God wants to be to us. 
As we study the Hebrew names and titles of God, we find out who he is to us through the covenant that he made with us through Yeshua. And we also discover the titles by which he's called that describe to us his will and his works. So in this series, to know him by name, the names and titles of God in the Hebrew Bible, beloved children, we are going to go through the Hebrew scriptures and unearth how the Lord has revealed himself once again in his names and titles. Now, if you think about this for a second, names mean something. So in other words, if you think back to your school days and you were, let's say, in high school and there was somebody that caught your eye that you were interested and wanted to get to know, what was the first thing that you did? You wanted to find out what? What their name was. Because knowing their name brings you one step closer into relationship with that person. And so it is with the Lord. He's given us his names in order to bring us into a more intimate relationship with himself. And furthermore, he's given us his names so that we would learn to trust him through the revelation he's given us in his names. So, for example, when the Lord reveals himself to us as God Almighty, as El Shaddai, we begin to recognize God is all-powerful and there's nothing I need to be afraid of. Or when the Lord reveals himself to us as Yahweh Yireh, what he was telling us is, I am the Lord, your provider. So he's teaching us that we can trust him to meet our needs. If we don't have an understanding of who God is, it's going to affect our actions and it's going to bring us to a place in life where we're not living in confidence in our relationship with him. A great example of this is in the book of Matthew, chapter number 25. And in Matthew 25, Yeshua tells the story of a man who gave out talents. He was going on a journey, and before he went on the journey, he brought his servants together, and he gave them talents. And to one man, he gave ten talents. To the next, he gave five talents. And finally, to the last, he gave one talent. And then this man that had given these talents to his servants went on the journey. Then he came back from the journey and he called his servants to him. And he said to the one, I've given you 10 talents. What have you done with those 10 talents? And the one that was given 10 talents, he had multiplied the talents. Then the one that had been given five talents said, you gave me five. Look what I've done. He multiplied the talents. Then finally, Yeshua called the one that only had one talent. And he said, what have you done with the talent that I gave you? And the man said to him, I knew you to be a hard man. So this servant that only had one talent had a wrong understanding of who the Lord was. He said, I knew you to be a hard man. And he was living in fear of what he considered to be a harsh lawgiver. And as a result of his fear and his wrong perspective of who God is, again, he saw God as a hard man. He buried his talent and did nothing with it. And so the point is, is if we don't understand who God is, we're not going to live fruitful lives. And even the little that we have will be taken away from us. And so the Lord wants us to understand we can trust him. He loves us. He wants to be our peace. He wants to be our victory. He wants to be our provider. Everything that we need He is to us through Messiah Yeshua, and he reveals this to us 
in the Hebrew names and covenants that are given to us in the Hebrew Bible. So we're about to launch a journey forward in this direction, beloved ones. I hope you'll take some notes and hang on to your seat. It's going to be a great journey to know Him by name. Tonight, you've heard His call. And you've sensed the voice of the Spirit. And you know what you need to do. You need to turn your back on everything else. To radically run after God. My first calling is as an evangelist. And an evangelist is someone that preaches the good news of God's Word. It's the message of truth that Jesus delivered to the world. As I'm done preaching the Word of God in outreaches like this, I always give people an opportunity to respond. There's always people there that have never given their life to Jesus. If that's you tonight, and you've never fully and completely given your life 100% to King Jesus. I'm asking you right now if I'm talking to you and you want to come. Run right now. Don't Don't even wait for somebody else to come. What I found here in Abba was every night a big response. Some nights we had a massive response. Literally, I don't even know, thousands of people coming, running forward to get saved. I want you to repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son to save me. Every single night we saw people come forward. They just want to be saved. They just want to know Jesus. They just want to go to heaven. They realize that there is no hope in this world, that God is their hope. Baptize me in the Ruach HaKodesh. Beloved, thank you for taking time to watch the broadcast today. I truly am honored. I want to ask you, if you're being blessed by this ministry, to consider becoming a monthly partner with me if you're not already. Beloved, I know you want to see two things happening. You want to personally be blessed, and secondly, you want to know that this ministry is helping other people around the globe. All I can tell you is we receive thousands of testimonies every month from all over the world of people that are getting saved and whose lives are being changed. So once again, will you prayerfully consider today becoming a monthly partner with us if you're not already? Thank you. So we're going to dive in now. Very first verse of the Hebrew Bible, we have a title of God. All of us are familiar with the verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You'll see in my studio here that I've actually got in the studio, in Hebrew, the very first verse of the book of Bereshit, which means in the beginning, in the beginnings, God created the heavens and the earth. When we say the word God in Bereshit chapter 1, verse 1, what is the actual Hebrew there? The Hebrew title for God that's used in Genesis 1-1 is the name Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, the word Elohim comes from the singular use of that Hebrew word, which is El. And the word El just simply is translated as God. And what's interesting is that even pagan cultures use the name El to refer to their God. So, for example, the Canaanites, which you've all heard of, they refer to their God as El. 
So when the Lord revealed himself as God, the true God, the real God, he didn't just call himself El, he called himself Elohim. Because when you add the word im or the, or the, or the, um, the additional im onto the end of a Hebrew word, it makes that Hebrew word plural. And oftentimes this is done to give the singular emphasis. So in other words, when you say Elohim, you're saying this is the one true God. He's not just a God. He's not just one of the many gods, but by giving it a plural narrative, it becomes he is the one true God. So sometimes you add im onto the end of a singular Hebrew word to give that word emphasis. And other times you add the word im onto the end of a singular Hebrew word to make it dimensional, to make it a plural form. So for example, we've all heard of the angels a cherub or a seraph. But oftentimes we hear not just a reference to a single cherub or a single seraph, but we hear the cherubim, the seraphim, the angels. It's now plural. Cherub, seraph, singular. Cherubim, plural. So we add the im onto the end of the word to give it a plural form. So considering this phenomenon then, Considering this fact, we ask ourselves, well, what does a plural on the end of the word El, which again is the singular form of God, but Elohim is the plural, why did God refer to himself as plural? Why did God reveal himself in plural form? In the beginning, Elohim, plural, created the heavens and the earth. Does it mean that there's more than one God? I mean, think about this. We're going into a profound mystery right now. Because we read in Scripture that in the beginning, the Lord created mankind in his own image. And he said this, let us, he said, right, the Lord's speaking here. And he said, let us, notice the plural there, the Lord is speaking of himself. And he says, let us create man in our image. So there, there's, a, there's a, a conundrum there. What, what does he mean? Why is God saying, let us, plural, make man in our plural image? Who was he talking to when he said us? Who was he referring to when he said our? Now, the traditional rabbis teach that God was speaking to the angels. But obviously, that's not correct because God didn't create mankind in the image of the angels. He created us in his own image. Let us make man in our image, the Lord said. He's speaking about himself. Man is created in God's image. So why would God use the term us and our in referring to himself? And here's the mystery, beloved friends, because God is multidimensional and he has relationship within himself. Let me say it again. God is not a singular unity, but he's a multidimensional unity. God is not a singular unity. He's a multidimensional unity, and he has relationship within himself. This is why we refer to God as being Father, Son, and Spirit. And yet each one has a unique personality. So, for example, the Father is in relationship with the Son, 
The son is in relationship with the father, and yet they're both God. They're both God's essence, and yet there's real relationship there. So when the Lord says, let us make man in our image, he's talking to the fellowship of the father, son, and spirit that is within himself. Now, this is difficult for the human mind to comprehend because it's beyond the natural mind. The Lord said, even as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So we cannot comprehend how God is one, how there's only one God, which, by the way, is the highest declaration, uh, declaration of traditional Judaism. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God. And yet within God, there is relationship and a multidimensional uh, essence to him. And so when you think about, for example, God's creation of the family unit, right? Moms, dads, brothers and sisters. This is actually a manifestation of the fact that there is community within the Godhead or even the body of Messiah. We're members one of another. Where does that come from? It comes from the fact that, listen now, key point, within the Godhead, there is community. There is community within the Godhead. God is never alone. God is never lonely. He's never alone because there's relationship, beloved friends, and community within himself. So I love this, that God is an us. Now, that sounds almost heretical to say God is us. God is an us. But what did God say? He said, let us make man in our image. Taken out of context, this may sound off, but if you understand it truly from a spiritual perspective, it's life-giving. Let me say it again. Let us, God described himself as us. Let us. He described himself as an us. Now, one of the things that this does for us in understanding that God is an us is it helps to relate to the world outside us, to people that we are in relationship within the world, not as being separate from us, not a me versus them mentality, not a separation between me and the people that I'm in relationship with in life, but rather that we're in community together, even as God is in fellowship with the Father and the Son, let us make man in our image, we then look at other people in terms of community rather than separation. So in other words, if I'm in relationship with you and I'm talking to you, I'm not looking at you just as being separate from me, but I'm looking at the two of us together as being in relationship. And so now you and I together are us. And so this really can deliver people from loneliness and feeling isolated from everybody. When you understand that God is us, that there's community within the Godhead, that we've been brought into relationship with the God who is us and who is community, it transforms our worldview so that we begin to look at, at, at relationships and, and society as not being separate from one another, but we look at us all in being in community together. And it really does a lot to deliver people from a sense, once again, of isolation 
and of loneliness. I hope that this is helpful for you. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there's more than one God. I'm saying that within the Godhead, there's the Father, Son, and the Spirit. He's a multidimensional God. There's relationship within him. He is an us. He made us in his image. And, and I should say, let us make man in our image, in our image. And we take that and digest it. We recognize that when we come in to relationship with Elohim, who created us, we begin to think like he does. And we stop seeing ourselves as separate from others. But we start seeing everybody around us that we're in relationship in being community with us. And this is why the scripture tells us, don't look out merely for your own interest, but look out also for the interest of others. So I, I, when, I, when I realized this, when the Lord really sovereignly revealed this to me by his spirit, it was very, very transformative for me that God is community. And that so oftentimes because of being defensive and being afraid in life, we can begin to think of the world as the world against me, right? Me against the world. Or that song long ago, back from the 70s, remember, I think it was Neil Diamond, I am a rock, I am an island, or the solitary man. And we kind of think, you know, we've got our fist up against the world because we got to survive and, you know, we got to fight and everybody's against us. And if we don't fight, then we're going to end up, you know, being casualties in life. But God wants to transform our thinking to recognize he's a God of love. He's a God of community. He is community within himself. And he wants us to live in relationship to others with this same beloved type of paradigm. Finally, as we close today's broadcast, focusing on the fact that God is the one that created us. In the beginning, Elohim created us in his own likeness, in his own image. When we really believe that we have a creator that created us to love him and to be loved by him, we then can begin to de define who we are based on that paradigm. Unfortunately, too many of us don't have much revelation of this. And so we're trying to get our identity from the world by how much money we have, by what our job title is, by how beautiful we are. So we're seeking for identity from the world because we haven't yet fully discovered, myself included, who we are to the one that made us in his own image. David saw, said in Psalm 139 that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. And David said it was too great for him even to understand this mystery that he was created in the image of the creator. And so he said, you form me in my mother's womb and I will give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Beloved one, you are more than you think you are. I want to encourage you today to look up. Don't look out to the world to determine who you are or to find out who you are. Stop looking at your Facebook feed and look to the one that made you. Look to Elohim. Ask him to reveal to you how much he loves you and who you really are. Ask him to restore to you the identity that he made for you and the identity that he wants you to walk in as you come to the revelation that you too, like King David, are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
I know in my heart that when I'm able to sacrifice something to the Lord, whether it's an act of obedience, whether it's denying my flesh, whether it's in my finances, I know that when I choose to sacrifice myself to Him, it brings me into a sense of feeling connected. What's really interesting is that the Hebrew word that is translated sacrifice in English, the Hebrew is korban. And not only does korban mean sacrifice, but the literal root of it means to draw near. So what's the point? When we make a sacrifice to the Lord, when we sacrifice our lives to Him, what happens is we are brought near, we draw near to Him, and as a result, He draws near to us. I want to encourage you, be faithful to the Lord with your finances. Make a sacrifice to Him. And when you do, beloved ones, out of love and with right motives, the result will be is that you will be brought near to Him and experience His blessing on your life. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com. Elohim, Yahweh, Adonai. The Hebrew names of God. Seeking a deeper bond with the divine? Dive into To Know Him by Name. Rabbi Schneider deciphers the Hebrew scriptures where God's names are revealed. Discover God as your provider, peace giver, victory, righteousness, healer, sanctifier, and more. To Know Him by Name transcends mere knowledge and empowers you to conquer life's challenges. Order at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835. Start your transformative journey now. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance 
and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Authentic, straightforward, and uncompromising. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi highlights the great search of life. Don't miss this exciting episode.